verses 7 through 13. You know, one of the more challenging things I do is uh, title sermons. Uh, sometimes it's uh, really difficult to come up with a title, and I have to do it at the first of the week and then work on the sermon through the rest of the week. And this week, I was really proud of my title. I think that's kind of cool, iChurch. Um, the only problem is it has nothing to do with the sermon this week. But I like the title, and I'll probably use it again uh, whenever we're going to go that direction. But uh, anyway, we're going to look at the last part of this uh, passage. Let's be standing, please, as we read Ephesians chapter 3, beginning in verse 7. Paul says, I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace given me through the working of his power. Although I am less than the least of all God's people, this grace was given me to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to make plain to everyone the administration of this mystery, which for ages past was kept hidden in God, who created all things. His intent was that now, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms, according to the eternal purpose which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. In him and through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. I ask you, therefore, not to be discouraged because of my sufferings for you, which are your glory. May God bless the reading of his word. How many of you have heard of the Bilderberg Group? Now, this is a group of people you need to know about because the Bilderberg Group is a group of 120 of the world's wealthiest and most powerful officials in government and banking and media and finance and in business. And they gather once a year in a secret location and decide what's going to happen in the world for that next year. They decide what the economies are going to be. They decide what wars are going to be fought. And they just decide what our world is going to look like in the year to come. The Bilderberg Group. Now, I know this is true because I read it on the Internet. All right. Now, if you don't believe that one, maybe this one will kind of float your boat. You know that... The majority of our founding fathers of this country were Freemasons. And you know that Freemasons, is kind, that's kind of a secret society. And they have a lot of kind of magical symbols that have been incorporated into our government. And even on our money, we have Masonic symbols. And that their ultimate goal is world domination. I read that on the internet too. Or maybe this one, that all of these different little groups, these little secret groups, they're really conspiring together. And they're working to build the new world order in which all nations will be kind of dissolved, all the governments, and the United Nations will control the world. Can you guess where I read that one? You got it. It's amazing. The fascination that so many people have with the idea that there's some kind of secret out there 
There's some kind of a secret organization that's really in control of things. All you have to do, you know, don't do it right now. I know you've all got, or half of you got devices out there, and you could, but uh, Google secret societies or conspiracy theories. Now, wait till you get home to do that, and you'll be amazed at how many will come up on your screen that people have come up with. Some people have invested themselves so much into these ideas that they uh, gather up ammunition and go live out somewhere on a compound and then whenever trouble starts they start shooting at government officials because after all the government's in on all of this and you know others maybe don't go quite that far but they just live their lives in fear and loathing because these secret societies are really in control and there's a plot Now, the reason we're talking about this is because our text kind of talks about this idea. Now, you might think that Paul, in his writing, would say there's no such thing as some kind of secret something going on. There's no such thing as this great mystery. Oh, but on the other hand, he says there is a secret. There is a mystery. There is a mystery that God held for eons from ages old. And this secret is about a society. This secret is about a community. This mystery really does have to do with the fate of this whole world. In fact, Paul would go on to say that this mystery has to do with the fate of the whole universe. And he says that this mystery has now been revealed, but a lot of people don't accept it. And even some of those who know about it don't really believe it. And therefore, they're missing out. They're missing out on what is the most important group that exists in our world. Now, Paul did use that word mystery a lot. He used the word secret a lot. And in fact, if you put those two together, he mentions that about 30 times in his letters. Isn't that amazing? That about 30 times he talks about this secret group of people, this mystery that God prepared, this mystery now revealed but by the large part, rejected by many. The text that we just read talks about this. But Paul mentions it, like I said, so many other places. What I want us to do is do a little Bible study. And I want to look at a couple of other passages first to get us ready to hear the Ephesians passage. Here we go. This is in Colossians chapter 1, verses 24 through 29. And at the beginning of this, Paul is once again explaining why it's okay that he is having to suffer. Because he is suffering, he said, for the greatest cause that humankind has ever known. And it's okay it's that, he, that he has to suffer for this because of, well, let me let him explain it. I am now rejoicing in my sufferings for your sake. And in my flesh, I am completing what is lacking in Christ's affliction for the sake of his body. That is the church. I became its servant according to God's commission that was given to me for you. 
to make the Word of God fully known. The mystery that has been hidden throughout the ages and generations, but now has been revealed to His saints. To them, God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery. And here Paul gives us a glimpse of the mystery. The mystery is Christ in you. The fact that Jesus Christ lives in a group of people. The fact that Jesus Christ walks among a group of people. The fact that Jesus Christ is still impacting this world through a group of people. And he says, this is the hope of glory. This is the hope for the whole world that Jesus is active in this group of people that is still to many people a mystery and sadly enough still to many people a secret. Well, let's skip on to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verses 1 and 2. Paul says, When I came to you, brothers and sisters, I did not come proclaiming the mystery of God to you in lofty words or wisdom. There again, we have the mystery. Here is this secret that God has held. And I came to tell you that, but I didn't have to do it in a fancy way. He said, in fact, I decided that I would know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Once again, this mystery has to do with Him. Skipping to verse 6. Among the mature we do speak wisdom, though it is not a wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are doomed to perish, but we speak God's wisdom secret and hidden, which God decreed before the ages for our glory. And what he's telling us is this. That God had this secret, this mystery, and he held it, and he made it happen, and now he's giving it to us. God decreed before the ages, but it is for our glory. Interesting thing, he goes on to say, he says, you know, none of the rulers of this age understood this. None of the people who thought they were in control in the world understood it. For if they had, they wouldn't have fallen into God's plan. They thought killing Jesus was a way to get rid of him so that he wasn't a threat anymore. But by crucifying him, what did they do? They brought the plan of God into fruition. They brought the secret out into the open. They fulfilled the mystery of God. As it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the human heart conceived, what God has prepared for those who love Him. These things God has revealed to us through His Spirit, for the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. All right, now we're ready for Ephesians. We're going to back up to verse 1. We didn't read that in our text. But I want to back up to that once again. It says where Paul starts this paragraph. And he says, this is the reason that I, Paul, am a prisoner for Christ Jesus. Okay, question. I we're doing Bible study today, okay? 
What is the reason? Well, you can't find it out from that text. What do you have to do? You have to back up, don't you? You have to think about, what did we read last week? I know that's kind of hard to think back seven days. What is it? Well, Roy last week gave an excellent sermon on the reason. The reason that Paul was willing to suffer for this mystery, for this secret. He says that what happened was that in Christ, as Paul has said to the Colossians and to the Corinthians, in Christ Jesus, God did something that he had planned to do ever since time began. And what he did through his life, through his death, through his resurrection, do you remember? Is he brought down the walls. He destroyed the wall that was between himself and us, and he destroyed the walls that we had erected between ourselves. That this was what God's grand plan was, was to tear down the wall so that we can have fellowship with him and access to him, and also that he could bring us together to be a people that understood that that is his greatest desire, is that we love one another. And so he goes on to say, the great mystery is that he has brought us together as a family of God. And he has built us up as a holy temple. This is all at the end of chapter 2. Remember that language? What is a temple? What's the purpose of a temple? Who lives in a temple? God does. And we have become that temple. This is the mystery that God had planned, to bring together a group of people that had access to Him, that loved Him, that received His grace and mercy, and knew how to cross those boundaries between us and to love each other as a family and to be the holy temple of God. Let's keep reading. Let's go on down to verse 7 again. Of this gospel, this good news... I have become a servant according to the gift of God's grace that was given me by the working of His power. Although I am the very least of all the saints, this grace was given to me to bring to the Gentiles the news of the boundless riches of Christ. And here it is. And to make everyone see what is the plan of the mystery hidden for the ages in God who created all things. So that, uh, back up. Can you back up for me, Bob? It was the big scripture. We were building up to it. Here it goes. So that, this, this, this passage captivates me. I, 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 I've read the Bible most of my life. I, was, I grew up in a godly home, and the Bible was always read, and uh, I was blessed by that. And I'm telling you the truth that this verse here has caught my eye all my life because of what it says. Look at what it says. So that through the church, the wisdom of God in its rich variety might now be made known, not just to the whole world, but to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. Here's what's going on here. Up in heaven, God is talking to his heavenly host. And he said, do you think that I can get a group of people together who can love each other completely 
without walls. Do you think that I can get a group of people together who can work together for justice and righteousness on this earth? Do you think that I can bring a group of people together who love and care for each other completely? Well, let me show you that I can. Look at my church. The church is the end result of what God had worked for throughout all the ages since creation. He has called together His people. And we are exhibit A that He can do what He said He would do. That He can break down the walls between Himself and us and can put us together into a community that knows what it means to be the children of God. Now, so many passages start coming to my mind there. I think when Jesus was talking to his disciples at the, right before he left, he said, you know how people are going to know that I'm alive in you? You know how people are going to know that you are my disciples? By the way you treat each other. By the way you love each other. They're going to look at you this group of people. And see, these people know what life is all about. They know how to love. They know how to honor God. They know how to work together for the things of God and bring justice to this world. They've got it going on. Therefore, they must be disciples of Jesus Christ. Another passage is in Philippians chapter 2, verses 14 and 15, where Paul is encouraging the church, quit fussing and fighting with each other. You need to be blameless and innocent like children of God without blemish because you live in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. But in the midst of that crooked and perverse generation, you shine like stars in the world. God is saying, here in Ephesians chapter 3, that his prime exhibit for all the world to see that his plan can work is the church. Looking ahead a little bit to Ephesians chapter 4, Paul says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beg you, beg you Christians to realize what you've become a part of. To realize that you are now a part of God's greatest plan. That you are a part of the mystery. You are a part of the secret. You are now a part of the hope of the world. I beg you to lead a life worthy of this calling. You are the only ones that are going to get it. Because so many other people in the world, they don't think that this is any big deal. But Scripture is telling us it is the biggest deal of all. That God brought us together so that we could share His love and share that love with one another. I beg you to lead a life worthy of the calling to which you have been called with all humility and gentleness, with patience. Put up with each other. Make every effort to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Because there is one body. There is one Spirit. You are called into one hope of your calling. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in all. What a privilege to be a part of the mystery of God. What a calling 
to be a part of the mystery of God. What a responsibility to be a part of the mystery of God. Churches like this, literally in God's mind, are the hope of the world. He's counting on us. He gave us the power. And he calls us to open our eyes and realize is this is where it begins. And that as we go out from this place, we carry with us this mystery to go out, and as Paul did, to spread the good news that God still cares and look what God can do. Let's stand and sing.